0: Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. I'm glad you're here this morning. Maybe you tuned in via live stream, wherever it may be. Glad you're tuned in wherever you're at, unless you have your hands on a wheel and you're driving. Uh, turn to Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. No love for the Bible this morning? Yeah. Okay. All right. I was going to say, what's wrong with y'all? What's wrong with y'all? What's wrong with you? Uh, I'll say a check for one. Uh, if you're a YouVersion Bible app user, you can uh, follow right along there on the Version app. We have a live event taking place. You can save that, share that, all those cool things. And um, that will be cool as well. But don't ever get rid of your paper Bible. Amen? Don't ever get rid of that. Don't ever get rid of that. Also, we have, uh, before I jump in this, this word, I, we got a couple of two little first-time family members. They're not guests. They're first-time family members with us. Julian and Jacob, are, are they both in here? Or Stand up and let show us these little miracles back here. Let, turn around and look at these little gifts. Look at these little gifts. Come on, man. Let them know you love. <clears throat> oh, man. Look at that. I want them not at the same time, Lord, y'all pray for people who have twins, man, I, y'all, God bless you, that's all I got to say, uh, Lord bless you, um, we get to be a part of that, you know, that's pretty cool, we get to be a part of raising up little ones around here, and um, if you're not connected and signed up to be a part of kids ministry or somewhere, get, get plugged in those ministries, it's a really cool opportunity, man, to, to be used by God, and uh, I know he'll bless you for that, and uh, we'd love to have you be a part as well, but Isaiah chapter 1, you found it yet? Okay, you still looking? You missed. Okay, y'all found it. All right, any of those like Bible drill winners in here? Like who are like really good at Bible drill? Like you know, if you don't know talk about it's like where you tell the the book and the, the chapter and, and you you got to find it first and you got to stand up and if you stand up and you get it first like win a sucker. Anybody? Okay, I hey, you was good. Okay, all right, I'm gonna do that one Sunday. I'm gonna just message y'all. I have like some gift cards or something in here. I'm gonna throw it out there. Um, so you can't use a U version app when we do that. That's cheating. That's right. That's cheating. You can use your verse, if not, during that, during the during the Bible drill. Amen. But Isaiah chapter 1, I want to do this. I want to pray first, and uh, then we're going to spend some time in this book this morning. And um, just, uh, again, Holy Spirit series has kind of come to a halt for now, but our encounter with the Holy Spirit has not. Yeah. Amen. And so, uh, again, we want, we've learned more about him, who he is, and building a greater relationship with him. And so I just want to pray and talk to the Lord today. God, thank you for just uh, for being good to us, for being in this room with us by your spirit. And I uh, just thank you for the word that we're going to open up together and, and spend time in. Lord, just reveal yourself to us through it, God. Show us more about who you are and how that can change our lives. And uh, I thank you for that today, God. And I just thank you for every church that's out there preaching Jesus and preaching the gospel message. And I speak blessings over them today, God. And uh, let us all, God, just all your body, God, draw closer together. Be unified, Lord, to fulfill the purpose and the plan this world, Lord. We give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, We're in the greatest stories ever told uh, series. We're back. We're back. If you've been, uh, if you uh, maybe just kind of first time in, we kicked off a while back, a series on the Old Testament. And so we've been hanging out in this, uh, in this series in the Old Testament, took some time away of going back in. We're picking up today in the book of Isaiah. And um, just to let you know, Isaiah is an amazing book. I mean, this thing's awesome. And uh, we're going to learn today some things that's in this book, I believe, will change our hearts. But first of all, the writer of the book of Isaiah, from verse 1, you know that it is Isaiah himself. And so uh, the, the name means Yahweh is Salvation. And so uh, again, Isaiah is a prophet, he has revelation, and so already again, just in his name, that Yahweh is salvation, it's beautiful. And so I just love just that principle behind that. Um, uh, most scholars believe that Isaiah was probably young people that hear this, this is cool he started his ministry at 15. Years of age, most, most scholars believe. Uh, pretty cool. He had a very long ministry. Uh, God used him greatly. Uh, history in Jewish history would record that he was uh, martyred for his faith. Um, and I know this is not really encouraging to, you know, like get bold as this guy was and radical as this guy was. But he was martyred for his faith. Uh, many believe he was sown into. Um, many believe in Hebrews chapter 11 that uh, that was uh, referencing and referring to uh, Isaiah himself. Um, so uh, I don't know. I think again, man, to, to just to think about it, he left this earth immediately in the presence of God, giving his life. How, how again powerful? Again, the writer himself, Isaiah, the book, uh, pretty incredible what he what God penned through him. Uh, many look at this as the greatest. Book In the Old Testament, Um, we know it's all God's Word, it's all incredible, but many will look at it that way by the greatest prophet himself, written uh, 740 years before Christ came. Uh, That's wild because you see so much in the book of Isaiah pointing to Yahweh as salvation, Jesus, and it's incredible to think that 740 years before Jesus came, this was written. Uh, It's referred to by many as the fifth gospel. We know Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Isaiah, the fifth gospel. That Because, again, there is this beautiful picture painted of Jesus. We see that he came to this earth. Uh, we walk, get to recognize and hear about the calling that was placed upon his life. The character of Jesus is revealed, his nature, the crucifixion. It will be fulfilled, and we see in, in Isaiah, resurrection, and also, this is awesome, the second coming. Let I me mean, know Jesus is coming again. And uh, that is our hope, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, Isaiah, again, describes the greatness, the grace, and the glory of God. It also goes into things that we see. Uh, It digs into the terrors that will come through tribulation, uh, things that will happen in the millennial. Really, again, interesting book. Um, uh, One of the big main things again is is speaking to Israel, but again, it's things that we can draw from as God's people. And so, as I studied this, it's just amazing. I don't know if you've ever done this. Have you? Have you ever like been reading something, and the voice that comes into your head as you read it may not be exactly you know how it was penned, but it just came in your head that way. I I don't. You know, I know some y'all look at me like. What's wrong with this guy? He's a little bit strange. Yeah, maybe I'm by myself, but I, I sometimes do this. I, I read one of the commentaries, and as I was reading it, the, the voice came to my head as that guy who like does the the, the movie announcing. You know, like, yeah, he's with me. Uh, uh, you know, and so th- this was like cool. And I, I get, I'm not going to do this real well, uh, but I'm going to try this. Um, it, it, I promise you, it sounds better in my head than it does coming out. I, but. You know, but this is what he, I just read and I was like, dude, that's cool. That could be like one of those things that really describes this. He says, from the revolt of Satan to the rule of the Savior. Here it is. It's told by scripture's most eloquent prophet, Isaiah. I'm like, dude, that's sick, man. That's all, I mean, I'm like, and get a done better, man. Thank you. Somebody gave me some love. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. Hey. I'll give you that sucker later, man. Here I was. Uh, uh, but to, to think about this, a lot of passages here, a lot of things that, that actually get quoted in the New Testament are things that Isaiah said as a prophet in the Old Testament. Uh, even Jesus himself speaking many times. And so we're going to see this. Uh, I put this in your notes. If you have this on your version, um, you, can, you can follow along with this because this was like, this was cool. Um, The book of Isaiah, it gets often compared to in fullness as whole as the Bible because of the way it's broken down. The Bible has 66 books. Isaiah has 66 chapters. Old Testament has 39 books. The first section of Isaiah has 39 chapters. The New Testament has 27 books, and the last section of Isaiah has 27 chapters. Now, again, it's divided up because of, again, the the contents of what it holds. The Old Testament covers the history and sin of Israel, as do chapters 1 through 39 of Isaiah. New Testament describes the person and ministry of Christ, as do chapters 40 through 66 of Isaiah. The New Testament begins with the ministry of John the Baptist. And then now the second section of Isaiah begins by the predicting this ministry. Again, we know John the Baptist came forth and said that, hey, now behold the Lamb. He's predicting Jesus, his coming, and he's going to come and do this. The New Testament ends by referring to the new heavens and the new earth in Revelation 21. And Isaiah ends his book by describing those very same things that we see there in the 66th chapter, verse 22. Now, this is a cool book. But what's it mean to us? All right, so we're going to find out. Let's, let's dig in. And as we dig in, I, I just really felt like today that God put three things on my heart that I want us to see about him. And as we start getting a better understanding of who he is, I believe it's going to help us receive this book. So what I'm going to do is just pick up in verse 2, Isaiah chapter 1. You can follow straight along. It says this, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know, my people do not consider. Alas, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a brood of evildoers, children who are corruptors, and they have forsaken the Lord, and they have provoked to anger the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away backward. know that's encouraging. You was like, man, you said this book was awesome. Uh, you're like, man, this thing is rough, man. Yeah, okay. But, but what can we learn from this? All right, uh, first thing I, I believe I want us to really capture is this, that we see something about God, and that's this. God is patient. There's <laughs> just another way to say that. Um, God is patient. Because we see him speaking now of his children, the people, the children of Israel. Uh, again, I believe we can insert ourselves in a lot of these situations and a lot of things that go on in our life. And we see something here that he's patient. I don't know about you. I- I'm, I'm not very patient. Uh, that's not one of my gifts. Um, it's one of the things that the Lord has to help me with. I'm not a very patient person. And just by a show of hands, just throw it out there real quick. If you consider yourself a patient person, i want to ask you this. Just to raise your hand. Up. Now keep it up for a second. All right. Okay, uh, if you're sitting beside somebody that knows you, leave it up. If you're not, you can put it back down. Like if somebody knows you close. You, if you're sitting beside somebody who knows you pretty well, all right, keep it up. All right, now the person sitting beside you, tell the truth. Are they patient? Oh, my God. Okay, I heard that. I heard that. Live stream. We got some. Okay, we do have some patient people. Okay, all right. All right, that's cool. That's cool. We'll, we'll take that. Uh, Again, I struggle. Maybe we, can, maybe we can pray for each other. How about that? We can pray for, pray for one another in that area. But I, I do think we see something here. It's really awesome, guys, that, that, that God is patient. Because I want you to see what he does. He actually now, again, speaking, refers and made some references here. Pretty, pretty tough to hear. He starts talking about an ox and a donkey. Um, made some comparisons here. And he says the ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's crib. Uh, and and he's, he's saying this. He says, "Man, even like this dumb ox, actually, kind of knows ultimately in the end uh, who, who the owner is, and uh, and will kind sort of surrender, submit to that." Makes the claim about about this this dumb donkey, and depending on what translation you got, maybe it's another word, but dumb donkey. And in this, and it's making this this claim here again is it knows its master's crib. Heard a story. It was wild, man. This was like old times, and and a guy goes in, rides a donkey to the bank, little town bank, and he goes in and he robs the bank. He comes out with the money, and he's like looking at the donkey. and said, man, I can get out of here quicker on my own. So he takes off running, runs away, gets the money, makes it back home, sitting back, enjoying his fall. Now, the donkey was still there. Law enforcement knew something about donkeys and they knew this they know that donkeys know their master's crib so they did this they untied the donkey followed him home you have the right to remain silent anything you say can and will be used against you i mean I, because again this donkey knows this. listen listen please help us, help us lord help us understand something man it's better at home it's better with him and how do we get there it's simply because of this god's patient. He's very patient with us. Um, I, I, I know those, those parents who are like, um, and I, I, before I had kids, I didn't realize how tough it is to have kids. But, you know, I remember seeing, like, those parents who were like, those parents who were like, let me tell you something. I'm going to count to 10. And, and by the time I count to 10, you better be doing whatever. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I I, I was like, I man, I'm never gonna be that parent, and I was not that parent. I was like, I'm gonna count to one, but one. And I'm just I used to go, to go to town with my kids. I mean, I was the one guy, number one. That was just me. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> but I gotta think about something. And again, he's not he's not wrong. I ain't saying we need to do this. We don't. It's not really good parenting, according to Proverbs and some er- other areas if we but God counts to ten. He counts to 11 sometimes, 12, 13. I mean, I don't know where some of us are at. Some of y'all are like, man, he, really, he count, man. He is all-knowing. He knows how to count really high. And, but, but you know something? We're seeing through this that he's, he's been patient with us. We're, we're here this morning, and some of y'all are like, man, you know something? I'm struggling, and I almost gave up. You know something? God was patient, brought you here. He loves you and he wants to do something in your life and it's something we got to understand when we read Isaiah even here as we see him speaking these things about his children and bringing judgment and the things that will happen this is patient, this is who he, God is we we study on, on Wednesdays um, actually we go through books of the Bible and just if you come on Wednesdays you know what I'm talking about we sit down, read the Bible, discuss it. it's pretty cool, we did Revelation that way and uh, we spent almost two years in the book of Revelation incredible study as we went through that book and but I understand Something and everything changed for me how I viewed Revelation because I always viewed Revelation as like that book where like Jesus is and God's like really ticked off and he's mad and he's just trying to kill everybody. You know what I'm talking about? He just judge everybody, sick of everything. But but for me, it changed when I, I read the very first verse. You know what the very first verse of revelation is? You don't have to look it up. It says that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so this, this is what happened for me as I studied the book. I studied that book understanding that, you know something, this is a revealing of Jesus' nature. This is a revealing of his character. And so I started seeing revelation in this light, that all those things that are going to happen, they will, they're going to happen one day, all those things that take place, it's, it's because Jesus is patient. God loves us, and he's trying to give people chances to come to him. And, he, and he's done this in, in our lives. He's given us opportunities, and he's tried to draw us to him. But this is what will happen. There will be a day, there will be a time when it comes, and he no longer has to be patient. He's going to do what he said he would do, and he would return, and then we'll face judgment. But you know something? This is good news today for us. He's been patient with us, and we're here today because he loves us so much. And Isaiah 1 verse 9 says it like this. It says, Unless the Lord of hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom. We would have become like Gomorrah. If you remember, that study back early on in this series, that man, again, the destruction that came for them. But listen, there's a remnant group. There's a people, again, that Jesus is drawing to him. I want to be a part of that group. I want to be a part of that body. So again, we see it this way. and We learn from this that, that God is very patient with us. I'm thankful today. So tell your neighbor this, man. God's patient. And you better be glad. You better be really glad about that. All right, Uh, he's very patient. Let's pick up, and again, there's so much to read, but we've got to just draw for time what what we can get in. Verse 11, we'll pick up. Verse 11, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me? Says the Lord, I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand to trample my courts? Bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, and the calling of the assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They are trouble to me, and I am weary of bearing them. Now, again, a heavy piece of Scripture. Now, what, what is he saying to us? And this is what I feel like he would just placed upon my heart of what he wants us to learn from this passage, as heavy as and tough as it is. And it's number two this morning is that God wants you. What? God wants you. Now, again, it just kind of sounds funny even just saying that, that God wants something uh, because he's God. Uh, he, can, he can get what he wants. He can do what he wants. He's God, but but this is what he wants. He wants you, because if if you kind of like you know understand what's being said here, the things that he's actually saying that he doesn't want are the actual things that he asks for. And so again, now just help help us. We're like, man, did he change his mind? Is like, is he struggling? Uh, God, like struggling, and he doesn't, now he no longer, no, he, he's speaking something here in this passage. He's saying this, he wants the things from us that are clear in his word. He didn't change his mind, but you know what he wants? He wants your heart. He wants you with them. He's saying this because these are new moons, these assemblies, the Sabbaths. These are all reasons he said for us to come together. So some of you are like, man, so I really don't have to come to on church on Sunday now? No, I'm not, no he's, not, he's not saying that. But, but you know what he's wanting? He's wanting you to come to church, but he's wanting you to be here. Because some, some people come to church and they're not really here. They're, they're at the lake. They're at the golf course. They're out there in a tree stand. Forgive me, Lord, sometime. And I mean, just, but, you know, but, but listen, you know what he wants? You. That's what he's saying. He, he said because he makes it very clear in the Bible that these are things he asked from us. He, he speaks, and there are so many things that I could prove and illustrate this poem, but I just thought about it this way. Man, this is what he wants from me. He wants you to do it because, listen, he has your heart. I, I made a covenant vow with this beautiful lady on the front row, and I'm just so thankful for that, 26 years ago, and, and made this vow to her, and, and she honors that, and I, I walk in that. But th- this is what's awesome. I, I really believe that she honors that because... She loves me. She has my heart. I have hers and one in that. It would be like really rough if I really felt like she was like honoring me because she's like 26 years ago. <laughs> I said I would and here yeah, I do and now I got to do this. You know, it means nothing. It, it doesn't. You know, it's what God's wanting from you. He's wanting your heart. He's wanting your time, your gifts, your talents, everything that there, but, but he wants it with this. He wants your heart with this also. And this is what he's desiring for us because he makes it clear. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, again, many passages I could use. Verse 7, it says it this way. He says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So listen, as we're given to God, what he's saying to this? He wants you to do it cheerfully. He wants you to do it. He wants to have your heart in the process. He's not doing what some have actually taken that passage saying, where it's like, hey, I can purpose and decide in my heart what I'm supposed to give to God. I don't believe it says that because, again, our heart's deceitful. We know so many passages of what the Bible says about our heart uh, and it's deceitful and what can go on there. But what he's wanting is this. He's wanting us to give to him, do what he says, but he wants his word and our heart to line up. That's what he's saying to us. That's what he's speaking to us. Because, again, there were some big things happening in this time. There were big numbers under the reign of uh, there in the scriptures of revival happening and big people coming, a lot of numbers happening in, in this text during this time frame. So, again, he wasn't concerned about that. But what he was concerned about is all these people coming together, but not giving them their heart. So this is what God wants from us. He wants you. It's a big deal, man. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. And that blows my mind still to this day. Next year, it'll be 40 years since I surrendered my life to God. I was a kid, nine years of age. But you know something, man, after 40 years, it just still to this day blows my mind to think that God in heaven, the creator of all this, wants to have a relationship with me. He wants to know you and have that relationship with you. So that's what God wants. God wants you. Tell your neighbor, God wants you. Even you. Verse 18 The very last one we see, this is cool, man. This is a powerful verse. He says this. Some of y'all have heard this verse, been quoted other places. But listen, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now, this is cool, man. And third, just final one this morning is is this, is God is gracious. He is so gracious. He's saying do this. He's saying let's reason together. You know what he's saying? He's saying, let's sit down. Let's have a talk. you Just share your heart, confess, speak, whatever, just me and you, and, and, and let's hang out. And when we come together, I want you to see what can happen in your life. We see this in 1 John 1, 8 and 9, where he says this. He says that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, this, this, is, this, is, this is gracious. This is the grace of God. This is the goodness of God, the love that he has for us. And this is what he wants us to do. He wants us to come, sit down, and hang out with him. And I want you to see something that's so powerful in this passage. He says, though there's sins that we have in our life, the things that may have went on, he says those things could be like scarlet. Now, actual the meaning of the scarlet, it, it means to be double-dipped, double-dyed. And so this was like one of the very expensive dyes that they had back in this time. And, and actually, the, the cloth dyed scarlet was 10 times more valuable than that dyed blue. So again, this was a big deal because it was double-dipped. It was double-dyed. And so it would not wash out. It, was, it would stay. Actually, in study, I learned that, man, it would actually get so deep into the fibers of the cloth. It just became part of the cloth. God's saying here no matter how deep into the situations and the sins and the things that have happened in our life I can do this I can cleanse you and make you new the price that even has been placed upon the scarlet here upon the dye upon the cloth so expensive so much more so Jesus did this he paid a higher price giving his life by coming and 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 laying everything down for us and so this is what Christ does for us this is what he does he shows us our graciousness and and, and the love by his grace and and this is what he can do man this is like man I love it I love it some of y'all think this and this is how the enemy works you think you've kind of like done too much there's just no way at this point God can do something in your life it's not true and the enemy loves to twist stuff. He, he, he'll do this to you about sin. He'll first of all tell you that you can just kind of just jump into the sin and do it, and it's no big deal. You ain't got to raise your hand. It's no big thing, man. Just go ahead and do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. It's no big deal. There'll be no consequences to it until you've actually done it. And then when you, once you get in that position, you know what the enemy does? He twists it. And he said, man, now you've done so much. That there's no way God can forgive you and cleanse you from that. Listen, God speaks highly against that today. And He says this No matter if the, the issues and the things that have happened in your life have gotten into the very fibers of your soul and your being, I can cleanse you and make you new. That's who God is. That's who He is so through His grace. I want you to do this. I want you to stand with me, please. And, and uh, just, just take a moment as you stand and just kind of bow your heads and think about what, what God did for us. Think about the price that was paid. We're going, to, we're going to see in the book of Isaiah again the, this fifth gospel, this, this greatness of this story through the prophet that was spoken years before it took place, of how good Jesus is and what he does for us. And listen, I, don't, I want you to think about two things this morning. Listen, I want you to think about two things. You just bow your heads and close your eyes. Today, listen, what is it today that you may be holding back from him? Does he have you? not asking, man, because you came to church. You're here, but does he have your heart? You may have put something in the bag, offering bags that came, came by, went online and give, and that's awesome. Does he have your heart? Does he have all of you? That's what we need today. And that's what God's wanting from you. And this is what's even better about that. God wants to give you all of him. He wants to give everything to you. I put a post out this, this week and just put something heavy on my, upon my heart, and I've just found this to be true that my pursuit of God determines the level of presence that I have with him. And and it's just, man, I've just seen that, found that to be so true. And and someone commented on it, and I love it, it was was incredible. They they said that, man, God is a seeker, seeking seekers. I thought, man, that's so good. And and this is what it was today. Listen, are are you going after him? Does he have your heart today? Maybe this for you, that song that we sung earlier, man, that he picks up the pieces, puts it back together. He does this in your life today. He he takes the things that maybe have gotten woven into the fiber of your soul and cleanses you from it, makes you near. Why? Because he's gracious towards us and he's good. He loves us. So I want to ask you just to think for a moment. Where are you at with him? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message this morning? What does he want to do for you in your life? What, what is it today, listen, that he's been patient about? And you don't want to do this. You, you don't want to take advantage of that patience any longer. You want to embrace it and thank Him for that and come to Him. And say, God, set me free from this. Heal me from this. Whatever that may be, listen, let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Let God just, just speak into you. right now. Receive, listen. And I want to do this. The worship team is going to minister. Man, a beautiful, powerful song. I've been listening to this song all week long, man. It's just been wrecking me about what God does to us. He comes to our rescue. He helps us. He saves us. And listen this morning. If you need to give your life to Christ, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be in this altar. I want to introduce you to Jesus. I have people who will be in a care ministry room there in the back. love to talk to you, pray with you, introduce you to Jesus. So if that's you, come, see me. Go step in the back, see them. Well, listen, you may say, well, I'm a Christian. I know God. But, man, I have this need in my life. I need prayer for this reason. We want to do this. We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. So I want you to do this during this worship time. I don't want you to where you're at. I, you, I don't want you to stay back. Step out. You can come to this altar. If you need prayer for any reason at all, just come. You can just kneel here. So I want to pray with you. If you're saying this, man, I don't really need prayer. I don't need prayer. But I want God to have all of me. I don't want, I don't want to hold anything back any longer. I'm going to ask you to do this. Just find you a place and get with God. Find you a place and just get with Him. And don't worry about anybody else in the room but you and Him. Have time with Him today. I encourage you to step out. I, I think it's important to get out from where you're at and just step out. You can come down the front and do that or wherever. But just get with God for a few moments. Give Him everything. These things you've been holding back, give Him everything. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at infofaithrenewed.org.